and away we go. It goes. Welcome to the motherfucking Dark Stream Podcast. I'm Darth Rictus. What? what? Darth Cam Gentes. Darth Zero in the house. And we are on spoiler season yet again. So Oof. quickly, somehow, I don't know. It feels like we just somehow, got Dominaria. But here we are and Brothers War is coming, baby. I feel like just, just a week ago. I'm calling whole set already because <laughs> I looked at some of the spoilers and uh, both Urza and Mishra are white. <laughs> Damn. Is that true? They didn't even do anything with it? They just... They're not even brothers. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, so we've all had a chance to kind of peruse Children. the spoiler. <laughs> Jesus. Podcast over. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> we, we, we've perused the spoilers. What do you guys have as your favorite card so far out of the set? Uh, the red card, I've forgotten the name. It's two red and one. It's a sorcery. It's choose one. You have the option of deal three to all creatures and planeswalkers or destroy all artifacts with converted mana cost three or less. I you think that card is... You mean Brotherhood's End? Oh, it even has a good name. Yes, yeah. Brotherhood's End is the best card I've seen out of that set. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, the, the flavor text on it's solid. The brother's rivalry escalated into an all-out enmity and Takasia paid the price. I like that it's brotherhood, uh, brotherhood's end too, because it it's not saying they're not like brothers anymore, just that the brotherhood side's fucking done. Okay, so once you say brotherhood, I do get why they're white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, There's making that. sense to me. I retract my previous statement. There, there is that. Hood is invoke thing. prejudice in this set? <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be in any set. <laughs> I don't know. There is the all is one Phyrexia set coming, and that would be a perfect one for it. it out again <laughs> for like all the reasons. Okay, so for you, it's Brotherhood's End. Where are you at, Darth Camden Taste? I don't think I have a favorite card yet. I've really been enjoying the lands. I've really been enjoying the meld stuff. I like the the green land that melds into a giant green creature. Okay, so we're talking... Let me see if I can find it real quick. It is Argoth Sanctum of Nature. And for those... Again, this is spoiler season, so we're going to assume you don't know all these cards already. I don't either. I just described the basics of it. I don't fucking even remember what it does. Look, Argothian was a great term in the antiquities set for those of you who boomer magic. Ah, the paper boomers, yes. Ride strong. Uh, Argoth, Sanctum of Nature, enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a legendary green creature. It taps to add a green mana, but it also, two green green tap, create a 2-2 two, two bear green, green bear creature token, then mill three cards, activate only as a sorcery. So you can just start shitting out two two bears every turn until you meld it with Titania Voice of Gaia, which I haven't even looked at the Titania one yet. It's like 8-8 eight, eight and has all the abilities. It looked like it was going to be quite something. By the way, that card is a combination of the naming usage from, again, Antiquities, uh, Titania's Song and uh, was it, are, are the Argothian, wait, which one was that? Argothia is a part of Dominaria. It's, it's, the for, it's a forest in Dominaria. Oh, I, and Titania is a character. Yeah, but the, the antiquities featured them a lot. That was the first time I think they ever popped up. Yeah, they were mm. there quite a bit. So what uh, what themes are we seeing in this set that we like? Because everybody goes through the cards and talks about power level, but let's talk more about the synergy. What what are we seeing as the themes of this set? I haven't thought that deeply about it because as I've been looking through the spoiler, I've been thinking like, "Whoa, that looks cool. That looks fun." I haven't seen anything and thought this is unbalanced. This is out of control. I've just kind of liked everything so far. I'm looking forward to playing with these cards quite a bit. Anything from you on that one? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the set and I'm not seeing themes yet apart from 
Ooh, yeah. Artifacts. Of artifacts. Um, well, there's a there's definitely a soldier theme that's getting pushed pretty heavily. We're, we have at least five rares that are dedicated to the soldier theme, including a soldier-based uh, mana fixer for blue-white. So the soldiers are in blue-white. We have Azorius. What are the tokens from wedding announcement? Uh, those are humans. Those are not soldiers, but there is a different one, I believe, that has soldiers in standard that hasn't seen play. Yeah, there was some token maker that made soldiers, I do recall that. And there is a soldier lord that came in with the Dominaria set that nobody's tried because there, there weren't enough soldiers. There just wasn't a reason to do it. But this, this set has five, six soldiers, a couple of mythics that are soldiers Actually, too. this makes sense. This makes sense because you remember how um, Phyrexia wound up taking over uh, New Meriden? No. Was with the use of the Phyrexian oil that corrupted the plane. Okay. So... Dominaria figured out that Phyrexia has oil, and now there's a lot of soldiers. I see a parallel. Yeah. A little bit of one. It makes sense. That the next, It's the next set that's the uh, Phyrexian set, right? The all is one. Right, right. It's, it's when Dominaria brings democracy to Phyrexia. We'll probably get some <laughs> Yagma stuff back, you know. <laughs> I mean, here's another theme I'm seeing with the set uh, that's going to make an impact on Standard. Mono Black gets like five new tools to play with, and they're all really good, and some of them look possibly busted. Oh, great. Mono Black needed more good cards. I was surprised they gave it to them. Let's just have this conversation right now. What do you think is going to happen with Shieldred? Are we going to see a ban on that one? Yep. I agree. I don't think they can leave it. I just don't think they can. It was in every single deck at the top eight that wasn't a Jin deck. Like in the World Championships, if you weren't playing Jin in standard, you played at least two copies of Shieldred. Sometimes four, sometimes three. Be played at least two. It's just too powerful to be ignored. And it's one of those cards where I've watched five or six streamers now. They play the card, they hold their breath, and if it doesn't die and they get to untap with it, they're like, oh, the game GG. has turned around. Yeah, that's going to be one of the first things I try in the new standard is going to be just dim your control. Yeah. And the, the win condition substantially, I think, will be just protect Shieldred. That's that's definitely a, a route to go. A piece that I'm curious about is now that we have Underground River coming in, and really, until we had these last four Painlands come in, there were a lot of interesting ideas we couldn't even try. You know, like Red White with Fable and Wedding Announcement was kind of eh. That's going to be a thing. The ability to play two of the most powerful three-drop engines is going to be a thing. I honestly see Wedding Announcement getting a Banhammer before Shieldred. You think, you think Wedding Announcement goes first? I think there's too much use of tokens and the power level of that gains of the flip that it, it might hit it before. What about, what about that sweeper you were just talking about though? That is some super main deck material. I hope that turns the tide, but red is so lacking in red's aggression. That's like the cards are more controlling. So we're going to need to see the cards that are, maybe it's just that slots right into a red, black mid kind of control thing. I, I think you're going to see a fable ban before you see a wedding announcement ban. And my, my reason on this is a wedding announcement didn't win worlds. Fable beat out, four straight wedding announcement decks in a row to win worlds like grixis after worlds two grixis has taken over the meta I'm i was saying, not aware yeah it's uh paulo put out an amazing article about it if you haven't read it check it out it's free it's one of the few free premium pieces that he put out that's like this is for the public normally it's premium but like we love you guys so here you go everybody it's really well done and what it talks about is how if you are in this format the three drops are so much more powerful than the two drops that if you're on the play you want things like Tenacious Underdog. If you're on the draw, you need Cut Down and Make Disappear in your deck because you have to break Serve. And you now be, have Go for the Throat. We do have Go for the Throat. <laughs> but, but the point of this is that those three drops are the Fable, Wedding Announcement. They are so much more powerful. 
throat goats. That we have this this disparity between two and three that's forcing this issue with mid-range. And he, he talked about it's it's the first time in standard where you can wait till turn three to play something and you're fine. Like that is that's horrible. But that's true. I've seen it happen over if you're on the play well, and you don't have anything till true. turn three, you're you're fine. Aggro still can't beat you because every single one of your powerful three drop engines is two creatures or more. That's why I'm saying it's horrible. That that has to be fixed. I mean, I would start with banning wedding announcement, fable, and shielded all in one. That's and I would all, say there that's goes your all completely logical. I, I like that, and it makes sense for the enchantments because on the logic that what, what was it we lost most recently? Or oh, meat hook massacre. Yes, was the you know it's had its day in the sun. We've played with this card quite a bit. We want the new format to be about the new shit. I like that as a policy mm. of, hey, you know, mm. we maybe are these cards like breaking the format? No, but they're warping the format. Right. And part of the point of new cards is playing new cards. And let's just ban this, the warping stuff from last year. Yeah. Do we think Wizards is at that stage where they're proactively banning to make sure the, the format is fun? Are we there? Well, yes, whether it's because of alchemy, whether it's fun or not, though. They are incentivized in their most evil way of, hey, if we ban the staples from the old set, then you have to buy the staples from the new set. <laughs> and they've been, there've been so many bannings for so long, this narrative of like, you remember back in the day, I mean, way back in the day, the conversation around standard bans was, well, people will just quit the game. Right. You know, you ban their deck and the, these decks are expensive and they put their money into it and they've only got this one deck. It obliterates the value of the cards around the card that got banned. Right. You ban every time you ban, people will quit. That was the narrative. Every time you ban, you lose players. I remember that. Not fucking true. Not anymore. Especially. Demonstrably, quantitatively, not fucking true. And even if you lose some, they're just gaining more all the time. Right. And they come back. Yeah. And, and their, their policy online of like, we'll just give you, uh, one for one on rarity wild cards for that. There's been a lot of pushback from people about how that's stingy. It's not good enough. I kind of agree with that, but also I'm not seeing a lot of pushback outside of people who are, you know, making content like we are. Right. And substantially people are just like, Oh yeah, cool. I got some wild cards. I was sick of that deck anyway. Right. And also to be fair, wizards with this new golden pack thing, it's literally just them handing more wild cards. And I feel like that's somewhat of their course correction on it. Just saying, okay, we get it. We don't want to try and do this for banning. So like you just get more wild cards because the game's a little too pricey, even online for some people. And there is a huge segment of people. And I've, I've noticed it content creators, even that uh, a lot of new content creators are coming in that are like free to play content creators. And they're trying to make, like Popper-esque decks and shit work, but Popper's not a real format on Arena, no. unfortunately. And it is a, it's, it's actually a format on Moto that has content creators now. There are oh, five for a while, big, yeah. but there are five big creators that are on Popper at this point. I didn't think it was going to evolve to that level, but it did. It's been that, Popper's been uh, kind of a, having a cult following was probably the way I'd describe it. Yeah. For a really long time. I played some Popper years ago mm. on magic online that was like the last time i touched that platform and i only quit playing because i couldn't stand the platform it's a great format sure it's a powerful format and it it's i can see why it's so attractive to old players because there's no planeswalkers in it sure and woot, woot. it it feels very much like 90s magic that makes sense and yeah i've played it once or <clears> twice and it did have that vibe and frankly that was why i was such a, a big fan of the is it gin and the blue gin decks when they came out because 
they felt like old magic. You know what I mean? Like you had to play a lot of counters. You had to play carefully. You had to play tight. And then you had a couple of creatures that took it away at the end. And it felt like I was playing old school control almost, except it was a little more tempo based, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those mono decks are pretty, pretty good. I, I don't think the reason we're getting golden packs though is, is benevolence. No. On there's... Wizards part. I think it's like that one time when you quit playing and then I just gave you half of three decks true that worked Fuck. I, I think this is a little bit more first hits free because it's hey i got these more wild cards i can start like i can make some stuff outside my deck you know i can make a i can try this new card i've had my eye on right and then you get started and well i need more stuff to fill if out you this spend deck 20 dollars you yeah. can get these last four cards they're, they're gonna make more money as a direct result of that because it will enable people to experiment with making a couple of play sets like right now but with a couple of playsets of something wildly new, typically that means a different deck. Yeah, I mean, the person who benefits most from it is somebody like me who's already buying out everything. So I just have to spend a little less money. You look, know what I mean? Look at how many friends you've got who you've shared a deck with an idea and they're like, oh, that does look cool. Um, I don't have the rares and the mythics for it, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty. It's more common than I realized until I started talking with folks more like I've I don't have the rares and comments. All right, I'm going to use this gold that I don't use for anything else. Wait, you're out of gold? How? Yeah, that that is something I didn't think about. I, I suppose I'm an arena whale without realizing it. You know? I, what do you mean without realizing it? You, you like buy all the rares. I, there's multiple times we've done streams where you're like, oh, I'll just craft these because I don't have them and they're rares and I'll never play them. But here's four copies. All right, everybody, we got a new deck this week and all of it has the foil treatment. Yeah. Does, do you have the alternate arts for every single card from the new set? I don't know how you could be much more of a whale on arena without being a completist. <laughs> I can't be a completist. Not friction enough for it. Give it time. I, I was about to support that. Wait, wait till that. Wizards like steps here, in here, to, to buy us it. off. And they, they give you like a loaded account. And you're like, I don't know, guys. Wizards is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Nah. How you doing, Kibler? Have you seen the latest secret lair? It's only 200 bucks. It's not for everybody, but it's got three <laughs> cards in it. I don't think I'll ever Kibler that hard, but you know. Yet. Et two Kibler. Et <laughs> two Kibler. Et two. <laughs> you were the chosen one. <laughs> it's the worst part he was. He was the Anakin of fucking magic. He used to be the dragon master. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember when you put an armadillo cloak on Rith the Awakener? Because I fucking do. Oh, those were great. Those were glorious days. We were brothers, Kibler. <laughs> do you remember when you just sat there on stream having some beers because it was a 4th of July stream and nobody knew what was happening? It was just cards put together. That's what we want. We, we miss it. Yes. We miss the old Kibler. The, the 2000 and late Kibler. We don't need another Blake. We don't need another. We don't Blake. need another Blake. One is more than enough. <laughs> There's only so much cringe we can deal with, and the and the look on you and your wife's face when you were doing that ad was really hard for everybody to deal with. Oh, that ugh. the Dragon Master fell. Oh well, but I like Dragon Master Outcast. I think that card was cool. That's his name now. I think that is actually Dragon Master Outcast Brian Kibler. I, I kind of want to go in and make a custom card and send it to him on Twitter because he's on Twitter and he'll see it. Just put Dragon Master Outcast and be like, "We just want the old Kibler. What happened to you?" Mana That's the flavor text. Thirty pieces of silver. Yes, we just want the old you. No, no, no. Mana cost sixty gold board cards. I think we're gonna have some fun designing a custom card because I I know the program yeah. to do it and 
god damn this needs to happen <laughs> we, we need to that's the wake-up call one right there <laughs> it won't work but i'm Maybe doing it will it. and then we can make kibler redeemed oh that'd be amazing there could be a Kibler based set. This is happening. Isn't we could it? have like a Kibler arc, you know, and I, I would be for it because Kibler needs to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if we could get enough old pros on board to just help push this. Right after we heard all the cats. <laughs> all right. We just need Karsten. Maybe Finkel. That should be enough. Maybe Kai. The German Special juggernaut. Guest star, Kai. <laughs> yeah. The German juggernaut can get us there, I think. Or whatever that nickname was back in the day. Yeah. Slightly different, but. <laughs> did, did he ever do the juggernaut like entrance at a pro tour? You know, just like yell, I'm the juggernaut bitch. I don't, I don't think there was I ever him being kind of quiet. That's what I've seen on stream. I was just hoping once in the entirety of it, he or at least one off. pro tour. There was the thing where there were fireworks before the players walked out and sat down for their arena event. Really? I think that's the biggest ah, type opener that, that any pro tours ever had for introducing people. Yeah, I could see that. I think they did something with Vancouver, but I was kind of drunk that whole time. So I don't really remember much of it. I, I remember they had really, I mean, it was Canada. So they, they had really good, uh, what they call poutine. Okay. They had amazing poutine. That was what I remember. I was like kind of hammered at the bar, just smashing poutine. Like I went, oh, and six. No, <laughs> just smashing poutine hammered. That was great. Went six for six on plates of poutine. Oh my God. It was great. And I found out how amazing Canada is. Cause I'm just sitting there and I'm like, do you need my card? And he's like, no, you'll pay. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm American. He's like, it's fine, buddy. You'll pay. Wow. You guys are trusting. And I did. I did. He was right. I'm an Iowa boy. We do. But like, Man, the level of trust there's so high. It's you, like no you, one's ever you done them dirty. You find that in small towns. I know, but it's like nobody ever did them dirty. And this is Vancouver. This is not a small town. Oh, people did them dirty all the time. They just don't care. Yeah, it's, they're Canadian. Really, you know, like the the dipping out without paying your bill isn't gonna fuck a place over. It's mostly just the douche level of it. Mm. I mean, really, what are you gaining? A tab, and and it's usually not like some enormous tab. You are burning all the social capital in that spot. Right. What are they losing? They're losing some product and they're losing some time. For Your their tab servers. was $150, which roughly translates to 15. Right. That, <laughs> that could be spoilage of food and shit like that. It's, it's mostly just like a wow, fuck you, you know, just burn all your social capital for a free meal and a couple drinks. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do it, it, it should be because you intend to never go back there purposefully. And also they deserved it. And it takes a lot to deserve it. But in the era of social media, that's still so much more of a heavy toll now. Mm. There's a lot, there's so much yeah. call out and easy things so that those yeah. even type dine and dash rationale are kind of toast. Yeah. If, if someone gets busted doing a dine and dash on Ooh. social media, like, you know how the internet is, man. People will just like get enraged and dox a motherfucker over jack shit. This person dine and dash video comes up Reddit. I know that person. That's this person. This mm -hmm. person. And then boom. 700 comments. You no longer like, have a they, job They deserve now. to die. <laughs> That's true. I, I did make one moderate post on a libertarian site saying I didn't want to debate hate speech versus free speech. And I had three people tell me to shut the fuck up because I was a ginger, which had nothing to do with that argument. <laughs> they might be right, kind though. Of. I mean, like, it, it's satirical <laughs> if that's what they meant to do. Well, did you see the, like, within the last week or two, I think it was within the last week, there was a uh, Twitter Twitter post that went viral in a really bad way mm. 
which was some woman posted up about it was like uh, something like I really like having breakfast in the garden with my husband and we talk about things and it's so nice. Sure. Just just like Pleasant a, a, little... a couple post. Right. Yeah, sure. And it it got a shitload of retweets, a shitload of comments, but mostly it was like, oh, must be nice to have a garden. Must be nice to have a husband. Oh, you can drink coffee. I'm allergic. Must be nice to be happy. Right. Right. Like just absolute fucking rage at this totally innocuous, domestic and boring post. This is the kind of post that if you made, I guess a tweet, if you made this tweet, you're probably thinking like, wow, you know, my aunt is going to like knowing that I'm doing well kind <laughs> right, of a thing. Right. Aunt Pat's going to be glad I'm happy. Right. Um, and instead just getting burned to the ground by <laughs> tens of thousands of people on Twitter. There is such a fucking drive to be like absolutely better than other people and have your perfect opinions online. If you get busted dine and dashing, oh yeah, you'll get doxxed. Yeah. The, the internet reminds me of the old school MTGIA thread sometimes, you know, except it's a little bit more vitriolistic than it used to be. That was, that was its own unique kind of toxicity that was an environment of everyone knew everyone too it was and that's what made it worse you know <laughs> i remember being really frustrated with that because it was like these were people that i would see in person yeah and i'm on there and i'm like 13 years old and i'm getting like fucking why are you a douche right now right they're, 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 like it'd be it would be you'd call it trolling at this point i guess or something or like internet bullying yeah but like these were like i was getting fucking trolled by grown-ass men yeah. In their 20s who knew who I was and I knew them. And I'm like 13 years old and they're like, your deck is stupid. Go kill yourself. Yeah. I, I think at that point, magic, that was one of its big problems is it wasn't internet trolling. It was bullying. It was yeah, flat it was bullying. bullying. It was out of control. I, and I remember like people got upset because I became an older teenager on that on on that website. And I was like, whatever, I'll beat the shit out of you, fucker. <laughs> and then they're all like, whoa, dude, you went too far. Like, I know who you are. You've been talking shit to me for years. But like now I'm 19. Right. What about it? <laughs> we didn't mean it. We didn't mean it. Uh, how do you say it? You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> I, I, I didn't fight anybody, but like, I just, you know, it was just like, oh my God, you went so far. Like, okay, you've been picking on me since I was 16. You told me 13. to kill myself at 13. Right. Seriously? Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting that exact thing when I was nine on that thread. Yeah. And going, huh, weird. Because so I didn't I, put I, it together in my yeah, mind I remember at you guys all. when you were on there. I think I was like, 18 at a bar yep <laughs> mm -hmm. but like you know that's i wanted to talk about magic and some people on there wanted to talk about magic and i wanted to find out about decks and some people on there were willing to talk about well that's decks. when you got invited to the hidden forum yes at some point <laughs> i was never invited to the hidden forum i never made the cut <laughs> you might have been too obnoxious i mostly just initiated a lot of fights between skinner and stark that that was what i did once i hit 15 that was my entire goal every time i got on there is i want stark to take my side and i want skinner to lose his mind and i did it successfully over and over it was great you did pit them against each other quite a bit yeah it was awesome <laughs> my favorite part of that forum and it felt like justice because i had about six years of people giving me shit do you know what it was that. it was reddit predating reddit yeah it kind of was wasn't it heavier incel population <laughs> much heavier incel oh man population. my drink just went up my nose <laughs> much heavier incel population oh man Oof. and if if you used to be on that forum and you think i might be talking about you i definitely am <laughs> <laughs> no 
No fucks given. We're all adults now. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but you're right. The the internet is filled with it at this point, and yeah. it's over inane shit too. Not just the dine and dashes. It's just updates to life shit. Anything. Yeah. I hate you for doing this thing. I don't understand the context of it, so it actually might actually be a really good choice and logical, but I hate you. And I will call you out and yell at you for stupid, even though I don't know anything. I feel like the internet remains a place where there are pockets of amazingness in it and so much bullshit. You know? Like, there's just little pockets here and there that you find, and you're like, fuck, that's little so pockets. cool. Yeah. Little. What do you mean? Huge pockets. Huge Huge, huge, huge. No, there's still there's still some incredibly niche places on the internet. Yeah. There's some incredibly niche places on the internet. And mostly that's how I feel about uh, Discord servers because most of them suck. They're just not made well. They're not done right. But I found a couple that have these incredibly supportive communities of awesome people that are just always trying to help each other, and it's been kind of wild to watch. Like I've helped uh, build one up. It's it's goes under the title Hueco Mundo. And it's managed by a guy down at the border of Texas and Mexico. And he absolutely uh, created this community from scratch just by saying, you know what, I'm not good at any of these games, but I sure do love helping people. And he posted a thing on Reddit that basically amounted to that. And thousands of people have flocked into this server over time. And many of them have come in and left because they just wanted to you know, talk shit. What's a good gamble? Well, that's, I think the difference between like good internet and bad internet para relationships mm. and environments is the level of curation. Yes. Because I mean, like what's happening with Twitter right now where Elon Musk is shitting all over the giant shit pile. <laughs> yes. And his some funny, to, some to Twitter is, is like anybody should be able to say anything unless they're AOC and they're talking about me. And it's, you know, I think everybody has seen the stats of like the use of the N word exploding immediately. And I don't think people are going to these platforms and these platforms aren't successful because you can say anything because it goes to incredibly dark places like instantly. Yes. Instantly. That's the default of the internet. Unless it's the curated places like TikTok is a lot more successful because TikTok is heavily censored and the content is incredibly curated. If you say a word like suicide, you're getting tanked. Yep. I mean, some people will see it, but not a fucking lot. And that's not like necessarily a benevolent thing that the creators of TikTok have done because it is like a Chinese government thing. Right. And they'll also tank you if you say the word trans, for example, or link in bio. But they are deliberately curating the experience of the user experience of TikTok to like pull out the darkest, most negative shit that they can. And they have done so. So that it remains this dopamine factory instead of like the Twitter experience that I've understood Twitter to be this whole time, which sounds like it's becoming worse now, which is, it's just everyone throwing flaming shit at each other. The toxic tunnel. Yeah. Just looking at any post and any post that gets any traction, trying to find a way that it's horrible, kill yourself, you're the worst, let's dox them. No matter what it is. Yeah. Twitter, I think, could be summarized as the uh, scene in that movie where John Cena is doing the butt chug. And it blows up right in his face. Man, you and really love that scene, don't you? Absolutely. It's an amazing scene. It, it really let me know that John Cena is a good actor, frankly. That's what I needed to know. Dear Hollywood. It really let me know about if how you want the vote, butt chug. Good actors from your point of view. <laughs> this is like, how good do they do butt stuff, baby? Hey, Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Daniel Day-Lewis. 
Can you butt chug? Oh, man. But you're right. I mean, Twitter has... And, and we... Okay, we saw this coming to a degree because they did that uh, experiment with Microsoft where they caged a computer and let it go kind of nuts. And it went immediately like Hitler-esque where they, they created an AI and they put it in a cage and they said, okay, you can see the whole internet, but you can only interact with us. And they had to depro like they had to kill it. Was it was primarily negative interactions. Yeah, yeah, and, this is yeah, just telling you kind of the, the broad landscape of the uncurated internet that anyone can access. But yeah, like let's talk about the contrast between MTGIA, sure. which was entirely uncurated. Right. And like a Discord, for example. Right. Where it's, okay, you're an asshole, you're gone, period. Yeah. And that Discord server, more people are going to want to be a part of it. More people are going to continue to interact with it because they're going to get what they want and enjoy interacting with it. Yep. There's a level of toxicity, usually comedic, that people allow for and they're okay with. Right. It's it's curated to whatever extent. And you, you see that with the, the the insane like far right shit where they have parlor and they're dating apps with no women on them. Right. Where, yeah, you can say the worst shit in the world and there's other people there that are ready to hear the worst shit in the world. But like everybody else fucks off. Honestly, I love that because it proves that we have a shot at not dipping down into idiocracy. Because if these people can't get laid, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? If the darkest side of this... Uh, you like to think that. I'm just saying, the darkest part of humanity, <laughs> if it can't get laid, that's a good thing. I think they do it whether they have permission or not, and they're working really hard to make sure you can't undo that medically. Yeah, there is that. And, you know, it's fine because you don't want to have your life ruined, so just go ahead and have that Supreme Court seat. Oops, Danny. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. And for those who are listening, it is uh, about time to go vote. So, you know, we, I feel compelled to say do that. Yeah, just remember, voting is your choice. Yes. <laughs> Not for Herschel Walker. <laughs> if you're in Georgia. I don't think that's even an option. Do we, Is anybody that listens to this in Georgia? <laughs> Two people. Yeah, we, we might have someone. I do the demographic breakdown. I don't think breakdown. anybody who would vote for Herschel Walker would listen to more than one of these podcasts, and certainly not all. We start through. talking, they're like, "Yeah, it's not what I believe in." Yeah, yeah. We also don't really talk highly of sports necessarily, which is how you know Herschel Walker. Yeah, we probably. talk a lot about sports. Magic sport. It is an esport, and it's a sport. I would love to see it. You don't have to put me in front of one. it. You you should at this point. Why? Yeah. Because that's primarily where it exists as a sport. Now that competitive play in paper has been canceled. I heard an announcement. I heard, I heard a rumor that after Worlds, Wizards wants to move to paper. You know uh, how I know that esports aren't sports? Mm. Because they're fun and interesting. <laughs> Look, man, I like cricket. <laughs> I still don't know the rules to that game. I'm not going to lie. You never will. I Yeah, it's <laughs> like the biggest sport in India, but I have no idea how it's played. That's okay with me, frankly. I understand soccer, and that's one boring sport. That's enough. Yeah, you understand soccer. Ole, 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 ole. That's soccer. I thought the point of soccer was that you could black out and 90 minutes would go by and you'd tune back in like, somebody scored a goal? That's Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's no. it. Soccer. Soccer's like hockey. People really enjoy it, and they say, stay generally aware of the game. You know, we'll ask Ryan Reynolds. He owns a team now third what oldest the fuck team doesn't he own these days well he's got a cell phone company a soccer team what Does he still own a gin company yes yeah he has a partial aviation owner. yeah is that with george clooney i think he's got hugh know. jackman's baby teeth <laughs> <laughs> he wears them on a necklace between shoots i mean hugh jackman did confirm that the script is super punchy for uh the next movie that they're in 
So I'm Good. very excited for that. And based on the little premiere they did on TikTok, it looks like it's going to be hysterical. So yay, Deadpool it's 3. It's kind of hard to imagine Deadpool being anything other than awesome. Like from the minute that there was that screen test footage that Reynolds leaked to get this all in motion. Right. It was, everyone was just, oh my God, make this movie. Oh my God, make this movie. Well, hell, it's how we got uh, Daredevil back because the Save Daredevil campaign saved that man's career. He yeah. was a really good is a really is good Matthew Murdoch, an amazing Matthew Murdoch. But he's like, it wasn't going to get another season until a giant campaign was mounted. And they're like, fuck, we got to bring him back. And I apparently love how many people are losing their shit because he got laid. That's also true. <laughs> That's what it is. He wouldn't do that. He's Catholic. He wouldn't have sex. <laughs> I'm sorry. We wrote a character for modern times. Look, even Catholic priests have sex. <laughs> and some of you who grew up Catholic know that. Any of you who grew up Catholic, you know the truth. You know. You see, if you don't... I'm from a Catholic family, I can say that. That's how that works, right? Yeah. I, I am from a Catholic family. I would say it anyway. Oh, oh how do they put it? If, if, if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. <laughs> you know what sucks? Let's, let's get the campaign going to get Jessica Jones back. Oh, That's yeah. what I, I want Kristen Ritter. As long as we don't have to deal I with Iron Fist, I'm in for it. I, I hope so. I hope there's not the. What if he shows up like at the beginning of some ensemble movie and he's just like one of the first casualties? Gee. No, no, no. I'm talking about Iron Fist. Oh, okay. like, like Iron Fist shows up. They have like the big assemble the, the fucking Avengers moment. Wait. Like picture picture the, the scene where everyone pops through the, the portals in Endgame to fight Thanos. Right. And there's like first scene we get him right there. Head. We get fucking Iron Fist and then he just gets sniped through the head. That would be such a great finale. I would stand up in a theater and applaud at that. Yeah, I think I would, I would stand, stand up and, and just clap. Right. like they, one they, minute they standing ovation. Characters people don't don't like, but they're still on the hero roster and like they, they just fall in the first line and oh, that'd be great. It would solve the problem because wow, is that character unlikable in every way? It's like the shittiest Batman knockoff. Right. And then fucking, you know, whoever's Black Panther now can fucking shout no condoms forever and, and off we go. <laughs> Oh shit, that's out like next week. Yeah, yeah, that's out in exactly a week, actually, I think. It's what, the third? It comes out the 10th, if I remember correctly, or 11th, 10th or 11th. Whatever, it's a week. We'll get there. It'll be awesome. I haven't looked up the, the New York pre screening time, so I, I don't know. The New York pre screening time? New York. New York. <laughs> Tell me more of New York's pre screening time. Dude, you know how many pre screenings there are to a release dates now? Because everyone realized we can go more executive and people pay for it. Pandemic we, fucked us up some more. We're bringing it back. What if we have a gold border Black Panther? <laughs> what if we have a non non screen legal Black Panther? Thousand dollars to watch it in theaters. Go you buy it. This you is like a non canon version. It was actually written by hand on a piece of notebook, but <laughs> but Chadwick Bosman is in it hypothetically. You can. What what is the you can see a hologram of Chadwick Bosman in this no, no, version no, of it? Just get to see hand sketches and and we get to hear I don't fuck it David Cross do the the Chadwick Bosman Black Panther voice. We call it BP thirty. We will animate his face over every single character in the movie just for your enjoyment. All it's we're, like John being John Malkovich, but Chadwick. We're gonna have Downey Jr. do it. <laughs> oh my god. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in if Robert Downey Jr. does this Tropic Thunder style. 100%. That, that would be yes. That's the best way to put it. That would be yes. <laughs> That's a yes, sir. Okay, so for Rickshaw <laughs> and all the fun from this uh, new set coming with the Brothers War, 
we are of course seeing all of the soldier shit that's coming in we're seeing a few very useful cards i like that they're doing a lot more of these cards that are like choose one back and forth we've got three commands coming in none of them look broken thankfully all of them look the interesting one looks really good though the red one looks really good because it, it's a red x and there's multiple modes but the ones i'm most interested in are x to a creature and x to a planeswalker yes let me see if i can find it real quick i think an interesting thing so far about while you're searching for that yeah. the set is that i think this set might have more of an influence on non-standard sets it seems like it's filling some interesting portal to furriction definitely feels like with. that like Portal to Phyrexia definitely feels like it was built What's that for. again? That's uh, it's nine mana if I remember correctly. I'm gonna roll down to that real quick. It's, it's it, a fun card. It's nine Ooh. mana for a mythic artifact. Uh, Goblin Welder it. And it uh, enters the battlefield. Each opponent sacks three creatures. At the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's now Phyrexian. So I can see Tinker into that against these creature based decks that we're seeing in like Vintage. You know what I mean? Just Tinker it on in. There goes Goyf, Leovold, and something else. Oh, and you now can we even, just start you can bringing find, them back. Uh, Urzatron decks can enjoy that. Right, and even if they force a vigor, they just lost their whole board. You know what I mean? Like, this this has some serious implications for the older formats. And I like that. And, and is, is it a if you cast from your hand thing? Nope. Nope, enters. Oh, so you can just straight up reanimate it. What's the power and toughness on it? It's an artifact, just oh. regular artifacts. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But if I, if I remember correctly, Invoke Justice in the new set, or... The four white one, yeah, doesn't that hit all artifacts and graves too? It's not just creatures, I believe it also includes artifacts. So now we have a five mana way to get this effect into play, and it's in the same format, it's in the same deck that just got Battlefield Forge for Fable, which means you have ways to discard it, and also Restoration of a Ganjo, another way to discard. Is a there's no transmogrifies or other things currently in standard, right? Other than invoke, yeah, not to my knowledge. Okay, so it might be bigger and more of your explorer type things. Sure. I mean, we definitely want to try it in other formats, but I'm saying standard, that red-white fable wedding announcement list that also can play Restoration of a Ganjo, those are all engine cards that allow you to put this into your graveyard and other things to reanimate with Invoke at the top end. And they're also engines that just outright give you advantages to win the game by grinding without the big slam at the oh, end. I, I like the idea of uh, having a standard deck that actually utilizes Invoke without being a meme deck like boros reanimator was already a tier 1.5 deck meme this, deck this might be the thing that pushes it i don't know because battlefield forge pretty fair though because when you think about it though that's like a lot of work mm -hmm. to kill three creatures if they just kill it right it's but gonna it is, stick around for a while it is a mid game you hit though and every turn they don't destroy it unless this format just says i have so much artifact enchantment destruction that you take the game over. It's like a, a Shieldred type. It's nowhere near its power level, but... Well, it's a lot like the first printing of Shieldred. The, the first, first printing of Shieldred was like a 6-6, six, six, I think. Oh, oh seven, yeah. mana. seven mana. And it had yeah, Swamp yeah. Walk, and it, each of your upkeeps, you, re you reanimate any creature, and each of their upkeeps, they sacrifice a creature. It's very much in line with that, yeah. And that's, you know, that, that was an interesting card in Reanimator. But that's as far as it ever won. And yeah, if it stuck around, it won the game. Well, it was also in a format with a lot of spot removal. True. When yeah, it, it, it didn't. If it got killed right away, it just was a big pain in the ass. I like this because it at least kills three of their things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll it'll effectively it'll effectively put you back to even and then they have to deal with it. What's well, the difference of a lot of magic cards that we've had through history is, man, this card's good, but not good enough because when it comes into play, 
the broken effect, I have to go a full turn rotation to even get a return on it. Even I if it's not the broken effect, just a full turn rotation. I could see it being like a one or two of inside boards that are going to be on that reanimation plan for other reasons mm. that want to beat other mid-range decks or just other creature decks and have situations where if they reanimate it or just cast it and all it does is kill three things and eat a removal spell, that's plenty. That's great. You're, you're running two to one to three to one by default. Yeah. I and you're running by, they don't have the removal of exponentially up of just da, 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 everything in play. The question to me is uh, really whether the standard is going to remain locked out, even from a lot of these new cards, simply because uh, we have these wedge decks that are incredibly powerful and shieldreds in the format. And your three mana enchantments are really, really good. And yeah, then ban Rafine. The opposite, well, and then the opposite side of it is you have these gin decks that do such a good job of just keeping the mid-range decks in check as long as you build them correctly, and it is very hard to build the gin deck correctly. I've seen over a hundred different builds of that deck, and I've yet to figure out exactly the configuration I like. It probably is one of those things that has to change multiple times a day. Yeah, given the arena meta. If I was going to sit down and play for four hours straight, my deck would change. Yeah. By given, the, remember the old days of when you finished like a number of matches, like two, three, and oh, you shouldn't change it yet. You're just you're you're being results oriented, and that's bad. And then Arena comes along, and the change of I'm not being results oriented. I'm being winning oriented. I have to flip to this. There's no choice because if you stick with your original idea, you're going to get squashed because that's the hour that everyone is playing green. It's also a lot less time consuming though, because in the past, if we, you know, we put together a deck we want to test, it means sleeving up cards or proxying cards. And if you want to make a bunch of changes oh, to your deck, like I have to sit here and wait 15 minutes for you to swap your cards out. There's a certain amount of oh, yeah. time efficiency <laughs> and all the shuffling you do Card between games based. in game versus, yeah, I could play like one match on arena and then realize, hey, I don't need two of whatever counter in the main deck because I just had two of them rot in my hand in this matchup. And that cannot happen. So down to one. And you just make that change, go into the next match, maybe make another change. But like, it's easy because it's click, click, boom, you're done. You move back. So how do you feel about the argument uh, that Wizards has put too many competitive formats forth at this point that people have to keep track of in order to stay qualified? Because it doesn't. It used to be like you knew standard and you drafted and that was enough. When was that enough? For Worlds? That used to be Pro Tours and Worlds. It was standard draft, standard draft, or draft, standard draft, standard. That was the format. Some were modern. Sure, but my point is it was two formats. This world's was three, and it showed with Explorer being kind of the thing that people just... I think world should be upwards of like five, six formats. Really? Yeah, I, yeah as a viewer, I would prefer more formats. If you're a master of this game, you have to understand every format. If you yeah. don't understand the format, too bad, you should lose. So do you think that uh, we should have different competitive formats every month like they're currently doing where they're switching between alchemy historic 100%. standard explorer you like that yep interesting okay i've i've definitely heard some kickback from the pros on that that they can't they don't have time to develop the formats right it's not as easy to do anymore yeah yeah it's i if i were a pro that would be my position but i'm not and i don't give a flying fuck about what their problems are mm. i'm i'm a consumer on this end of the game i play the game i watch some coverage sometimes and, you know, from that point of view, I want my experience maximized. And besides, they get to do magic for a job. Shut the fuck up. What situation <laughs> we've ever had in, in the history of a sport, something trying to be acknowledged as, as a sport, even esports, 
have we had where the pros get to not know the the, the various like oh here's where here's the style someone here, here here's a uh, what someone might use to win this you ever seen someone who plays tennis and uses a backhand versus a forehand imagine if you didn't have to learn the backhand this is this is not the kind of pro tour it also I want. breaks up stale formats too because if yeah. standards kind of stale and maybe the only way to be an innovative deck builder is change two cards in the main and three in the board and you know that's a big deal if you're the player and okay i figured out this nuance and i've increased my percentages and i've got a much better chance to win as a result that's a satisfying place to be that's a satisfying moment it's dismal as a viewer dismal as a viewer but if you know there's four or five formats and one of them's kind of static then it's not it's you're gonna have something else to see which sure. pro do you like more the pros like i am the master the master of pioneer would you not know play standard draft no i have no idea or do you like the pro that i'm really good in all these formats and i can explain why i am well, which more, one's a pro they're both technically pros. which one do you want to watch tour. depends on what kind of format i like watching okay the other thing is from the viewer's point of view, like the, the pro argument of, Hey, we can't even keep up with this. That works the other way around mm. because as a viewer, you definitely can't keep up with it. Sure. So if I haven't been paying attention to standard, for example, in a month or two, which happens to me all the time. Sure. And I saw a high level competition standard event with a stale format. I wouldn't fucking know it's a stale format. It's a fair point. Especially because if I'm paying attention to constructed at this point, it's, explorer if anything most of the time and so if i like what i know is explorer and explorer is a good format and maybe standard totally sucks but i haven't seen it before then it's new to me because i'm focused somewhere else and then i have that opportunity with every other format too because most people who consume the game don't play every fucking format so it'd be more of a taste of more cards more interactions more stuff and even if it's stale from a player's point of view it would feel new and more exciting from a viewership point of view and I do agree with prioritizing viewership over what's most convenient for people who play Magic for a living. Now, going into the viewership thing, we had the most watched uh, world championship, I, I think, in the history of the game. We had over 15,000 people like watching this at different points. I think it, it never really dipped below 11. Was it paper? Uh, this was digital, but it was in person. And I really, really love that approach for this. They said they're going to go back to paper, but I, I appreciate it. And here's why. One there was absolute clarity to board states. Yeah, There was zero missed triggers, zero like, oh shit, this didn't happen, or this game warning or game lot, like judge. none of that. Yeah, no judge, no none of that. And remembering your triggers is part of being a good player. I know that's like a paper boomer thing to say. A but little like, bit. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I like where they, they took it back to the, the May or mandatory triggers where you don't have to inform somebody about their mandatory trigger. Thought not seer. Doesn't that get into magic the lawyering though when we start doing that and saying that that's a better this version of the game? This is a professional level like, of the game. I like playing it in a nuanced way where the computer just doesn't tell you what your lines of play are. I mean, that's part of why I can play the game and also watch something at the same time and not be in a completely sober mind state and still do well. Because so much of the thought that normally goes into playing Magic, the computer's just doing for me. If I want to know if I have the mana to cast something, I just like pick it up, see what the auto-tapper does, see what the other stuff is. And there's so many fucking shortcuts that I don't have to think about. See, and I, I actually kind of appreciate it more because it, in a way, from what I could see with this world, it freed up players' minds to get away from the trivial, smaller shit and really focus on how they needed to develop the board, how they needed to you know, push things because they weren't 
worried about missing this trigger, that trigger. There weren't any of those concerns. It was just how do you play the best possible version of this game? Okay, but say your opponent doesn't realize an implication of a board state. For example, and this is, uh, I think, a pretty common one in standard, mm. is I play my Shieldred and you have an instant speed removal spell. I pass the turn to you. You untap and then draw, take your damage, and then kill the Shieldred. You didn't see something that you could have done, which was go to upkeep, kill Shieldred, don't take the damage. Sure. And the mistake that you made by failing to notice something about the board state is contributing to my probability of winning if I'm remembering things about the board state. So being able to see the board state and interpret it and see it for what it is and not miss a bunch of little pieces, you are going to be a better, stronger player. When you make all the triggers automatic mm. and giving you all the options, what you're doing is you are subtracting possibilities from mistakes and there are mistakes in my mind that's equal to the Shieldred upkeep mistake. It's you looked at the board and you didn't put together how these things were going to interact. And if you don't understand these at a competitive level, too damn bad. Now here's the better question. Sure, that might be uh, a better player. We don't have to argue that point. Is it more fun as a viewer to watch mistakes? Yes. For me, yes. I like seeing mistakes. I like seeing... Uh, especially when games are driven by baited mistakes and misdirection. There's a game I really loved that Louis Scott Vargas played where he had uh, he had the mana to activate. What was the, the, the vampire? It was a one mana enchantment and it made a vampire. And it, when you attacked with three creatures, it flipped into a land. And, Legion's Landing. Right. And the land was like pay white and two, tap it, make a vampire again. Yep. Yeah. And this was in a you don't get to see your opponent's deck list kind of tournament. Because sure. we didn't do that at that time. And he he was playing a, a mono-white aggro deck, and he played a miser's copy of Settle the Breach in the Mirror, or Settle, Settle the Wreckage okay. in the Mirror. And he's playing against another aggro deck, and he had boarded it in. And during Swings his opponent's out. turn, he he has his landing. He has the, the three mana. So he has four mana total for it. And it's going to combat, and opponent's thinking about attacking, and Luis Scott Vargas takes three planes and puts them over here. And he takes his Legion landing and puts it over there and kind of picks him up a couple of times. And with his hands That's is magic. creating this visual cue of I'm going to make a one, one, I'm going to block one of these creatures, which sets his opponent off thinking in the wrong direction of, I need to attack with more creatures to get through with damage. Cause here comes a token mm -hmm. and completely got the opponent off of the line of thinking of what if he has a settle the wreckage? Cause in that standard four mana up with two of them white was I mean, it's like what the Wandering Emperor is now. Right. You know it's there. Right. And he fucking Jedi mind tricked this dude into an all-out swing. And Oopsie then just daisy. settled him. And, and that's, 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 a, that's a level of nuance that I cannot see or experience as a viewer or as a player if we're not doing it in paper. I somewhat disagree. You can highlight cards. I have, you have to rely on your opponent seeing them. The visual in person is a bit different. Right. I, I understand it's a bit different. I'm not saying it's without merit though there are ways to bait people Certainly. and i've seen it happen i saw it in this world championship too with a make done it on the stream <laughs> but there's yeah. difference between hovering over a card and doing the kind of thing where he set his hand down over here he quit looking at it sure you know there was body i mean he was really selling Go. it it was quite a ruse <laughs> and hovering over some cards there's nothing artful about that sure. sometimes people do it just because they're bored or to fucking clown the other person or whatever they're there's, streaming they don't know what the card is <laughs> right yeah it's it's just you can't play with the same level of nuance. You can't 
uh, see people compete with the same level of nuance. If you don't want to see that level of nuance, that's fine. I get that because not a lot of people uh, engage with the game on that depth. Mm. And I'm not saying that that's like the way to do it. It's just what I prefer. And I know that a lot of people that have been playing a long time enjoy those moments, enjoy those stories. Would it, uh, I guess to be fair, the, there is a certain amount of course correction. We saw that with Wyatt Darby's, uh, you know, championship. And even though on a computer that would have been without a doubt an exerted glory bringer, the whole community responded with a fuck you to the guy who, you know, the opponent that said, no, you didn't exert. I didn't blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like there's a course correction from the community as well in these things. I, you know, I remembering and watching that my interpretation was that he did exert it. Well, everybody's was. That was the point, is that the opponent was the only person that was like, oh, I didn't see it like that. That's and the judge was like, for the, fuck for off. The loss. <laughs> yeah, the... yeah, that was, I mean, can you make that scumbag move on Arena? No. Right. But the opponent trying to make that scumbag move made it a more Memorable. dramatic. <laughs> yeah, because then now it was like the good guy beats the bad guy. Right. And it wasn't just a game of magic. And, you know, like we know Wyatt Darby, he's, he's from this area. Yeah, so he... it was special for that reason, but... You know, if you're from like Brazil or something, you don't give a flying fuck about these people. Mm -hmm. Right. But having that aspect of the narrative created a good guy and a bad guy and someone to root for on that basis increases the drama, increases the stakes, makes it more entertaining. So that that's okay. I, I could see that as more of an argument as well, being able to increase the dramatic tension by having it in paper. Because you're right that the digital side lacks that it, it provides clarity, but it does dilute the ability to use those dramatic tension points and also that you know like the you know that texas hold'em poker bluff kind of moment that right. you're not going to get that digitally right there's I, things you can do digitally to sort of assemble a bluff kind of but it ain't the fucking same well and that's part of why we shifted wednesdays over to vintage paper and you know reset everything was because paper magic is a little bit more fun in my opinion it just it is we just need new ways to lie to each other <laughs> <laughs> new ways to apply game theory yes yes it's just more interesting i mean i there's definitely more of a community aspect too of playing head to head and i thought darth skitham had a good point on that where he said you know before it's the three of you against some schmuck on the other side in you know the stream we're doing now on wednesdays it's he knows both sides you know like we're all pretty equal i would say at this game in terms of our play we play it very differently but we all have pretty similar skill levels. So it's, it's good to know that you're playing against real competition and not just some dude who's on the ladder with the latest net deck and maybe he can pilot, maybe he can't. But like until you're in the top 20, I would say top 250 of Mythic, it's not really tense. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I'd say as long as it's ranked Mythic because there's a lot of people playing competitively. But if you're sitting in that, the odds are higher that you're going to hit opponents that are staying there. Right. Some people bump up in the earlies and it's just there. I got to 967. I'm going to play this match. I still don't know how this deck works. Damn it, I lost. <laughs> See, the, the lower parts of the ladder, I love. They're my favorite part because I can play garbage. Right. And that's like me challenging myself to build an even worse junk deck. <laughs> I log on almost every month when it goes back. It resets to platinum and I play historic elves Yeah. because I'll turn it on when I don't have to think. Like I'll just put it to the side of me and like just click a button. The cards that you run can through. play in like bronze through gold. Oh Oof. my god. You can do anything you want. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, I think this is 
also part of the issue with arena is that you have the ladder to nowhere instead of having tournaments with meaning and that is the beauty of paper magic is the tournaments feel so meaningful in comparison to arena to me it's it's the ladder of snapping a picture of your screenshot and posting it up right there's it's uh, just i was number one within the first six hours of the new event congratulations I wish people would hit number 69 and throw that up because I respect <laughs> that much more. I've seen it once. It was great. And I would say it's harder to hit number 69. It's absolutely it. Because <laughs> if you want to hit number one, you just keep winning. Right. If you want to hit number 69, you got to lose a little bit, you know. Or you just have to hit the perfect level of decay, which means you have to like track it. The point is 69 requires a really precise angle. <laughs> well, that worked on multiple yes. levels. Well done. <laughs> just like 69. <laughs> Okay, so if, Continue. If, if we go back to Paper Magic, um, I just uh, hope here, Wizards, I've looked at a lot of the old coverage over the years, and I know you worked with what you had, but you're a billion-dollar company now. You can fix the lighting issues now. You can fix the issues with the camera not being able to let us read the cards fully. Eh, they can do it. They have the technology at this point. There's not really an excuse for a billion-dollar corporation to not do that. Uh, money. Hmm. I just said the word billion. That's plenty of uh, you money. You just said there's no reason, and there was yeah, a reason cited. Yeah. How is that a reason when you have all the money? How can I you say money's a reason? I at this point that there's like someone who's who's on the executive board that's just evil, you know? You think and, we have a Palpatine? like, what would the players hate more? And, and you know, just doing that. Oh, they did cause Kibler to fall. Yeah. We, we have a Palpatine on the CEO board of Wizards. Right, right. <laughs> there's, there's a Sidious is on the board there, and like, yeah, I didn't realize that that Kibler was really just Master Dooku. You think it's Dooku, not Anakin? He's not an Anakin. Not no, an Anakin. Okay, no, certainly not. So who would who would fall into the Anakin category of magic then? Pinkle. Interesting. Or 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 Paulo. Interesting. I'd say Paulo. He's much more personable. That's fair. And at this point, arguably the better player. I think that's absolutely fair, given the finishes. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Finkel, astounding Hall of Famer top three ever to play the game in my opinion but paulo is in my opinion the most consistent player and the best one in a way you could say this is like a, a michael lebron debate only basketball didn't get harder well honestly which one Magic do you think did. would go sith first finkel or paulo basketball finkel. got easier actually <laughs> that's that's the problem with the the sports analysis because like basketball arguably got a lot easier over the last 10 years in comparison so like the michael lebron like jordan lebron debate goes slanted to jordan pretty quickly because you got to remember in in jordan's era people punched people on space that court. jam was better his space jam was better <laughs> there's also that <laughs> it, it was a really easy debate for me forever because uh only one of them was in space jam and then it was even easier because one of them had a good space jam <laughs> one of them had a space jam that we all <laughs> fondly remember the other one had one i didn't buy a ticket to <laughs> everyone loved lola bunny that's Ain't. why furries exist, and I'm positive. I mean, seriously, that was a, a, a real contributor that to that. That was probably the jumping off point of furries. You remember being like a little kid watching Space Jam? You're like, why are my underpants shrinking? <laughs> you just you didn't understand it, you know? It's I, I wasn't a little kid. <laughs> so you were just sitting in the theater jerking it like, oh my God. I, I think, I, know I, think I was actually it. working in a movie theater. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, I might have been working in a movie theater. Go to the time. private self-showing later. <laughs> I probably put the reels together, the old school reels. All right, Tyler. Yeah, I was going to say. All right, bud. Oh, yeah, I did that. 
All right. So bringing it all back here to the spoiler season, we've we've gone through a little bit, not a lot of it, frankly. But at the same time, it's there's hard some, to evaluate. There's some amazing like commons and uncommons. Well, at least uncommons in the set that look very playable and look like they're going to be not staples but very playable cards. Okay. So what's what's your hottest take on this set? Like, if you had one hot take to give on what this set is going to do to standard, to standard, what's your hottest take on it? It's going to encourage people to try new things and hopefully encourage uh, some bans in other decks. So interesting that, ideas can occur. That's what I think the set is. Give, I don't think it's give going me a to, hotter take than that. That is I, super I, ambiguous. I don't think it's going to create its own new decks and that stuff. I think it's going to give some opportunities, but I think most of the other strategies are still so strong. This will just support bolster what they have and leave us wanting to have a different format for standard. Shieldred, Fable, Wedding Announcement, and Invoke get banned before this set really gets to get explored. That's a pretty hot take. Four fucking bands. That is a lot of bands. I haven't looked real closely at the set, as I mentioned, but so far as I have, my eyes have been like, oh, you put this in this deck, you put that in that deck. There's definitely potential for new stuff there, and I haven't given it a deep dive, but what is already there is really powerful, and it's going to get better. And Wizards has demonstrated a willingness to ban things just to kind of switch it up, which I dig. So I, I hope but I'm standard right. Standard should be. I think the hottest take I can give is that I, I think there are three or four prototype cards that are going to completely alter the way we play standard. And I'm waiting to see which of these uh, prototypes is going to be the one. I'd also love for the, for instance, that the new Snapcaster is called Arcane Proxy. So we have a tournament legal proxy. Thank you, uh, Wizards. Uh, Thank you, Wizards. <laughs> hey, we got How's that working out for you? We get, being clever. Good. Good. It's working out good. <laughs> Got to end it on a high note. Anyway, Arcane Proxy forever. And uh, Kibler, you fell, but don't worry. We'll make you a cu we'll make you a custom card. Dragon Master Outcast. It's coming. You were the chosen one. <laughs> That's all from the fucking dark stream.